Hi, I'm Sherry Davis, Canada's dog master and the trainer of Rex on the hit TV series, Hudson and Rex. Welcome to How to Dog. <coughs> Each episode, someone like you calls in with a canine question. This week, we're talking, well, talking. Hi, my name is Maria. I want to know more about doggy body language. Like, what is my dog saying with, to me with his tail? Or with his ears? Or is there anything else I should look out for? Thanks for your question. When our dogs bark at us, growl, whimper, you know, it can mean a whole bunch of different things, just like when we express our feelings. And of course, it's important that we understand our dog's needs. Otherwise, they're just barking up the wrong tree. So this week, we're talking about talking to dogs. My dog tells me stories all the time, but he only has one tail. Hi, everyone. A reminder that this podcast is not personal advice, and you should always consult with an expert when taking care of your own doggo. Over to you, Sherry. Later in the podcast, I'm going to talk to Sarah Hodgson. She's a trainer with more than three decades of experience and is the author of several books and articles translating dogs' barks. That's coming up shortly. But first, I have Jill Breitner with me. Jill developed a smartphone app called Dog Decoder that helps people understand their dog's body language and what they're trying to tell us. The app is recommended by many veterinarians and animal behavioralists as a good guide to help you communicate better with your dogs. Good afternoon, Jill. How are you? I'm well, Sherry. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Our listeners are going to get a lot of information today. I hope so. So did you grow up in a household full of dogs or did you have dogs growing up? Like, what have you always had a connection to dogs? Well, no. Uh, so we never had dogs. I we weren't allowed to have dogs. We had no animals. And I found wow. Yeah, I found a street dog when I was nine, and I just fed her. I, I stuffed food in my pockets from dinner and breakfast and lunch, and went out there and fed her. And finally, my brother said, "You know, we got to tell mom." And so she let me have her. But when I was ten, I read about Jane Goodall in Look in Life magazine. And I thought, wow. And so I just started looking at dogs like she was looking at chimps. It was just something that came to me. I never, it didn't dawn on me that what I was doing was odd. Right. You know, it's like, and they have so much to tell us. So on that note, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, you just said they have so much to tell us, yet people don't understand how they communicate to us. Can you help us out in understanding what that statement means to you? Yeah. And so... You know, in the day, back in the day, dogs before Jane Goodall, um, all animals didn't have personalities. They were, you know, you tag them with a number when you're studying them and you don't think about emotions or personality. And I just totally resonated with her at 10 when she was saying, no, you know, I'm going to give them a name, not a number. Yeah. And the scientific world just, you know, blew up over that. They didn't like it. And I understood it. And when I realized that, you know, you can't tell me a dog doesn't have emotions. And, and then I started to realize when they would act out, 
it was because they were telling us something that we weren't understanding. Right. And for some weird gift thing for me, I understood what they were saying. I understood that those, that their behavior was a manifestation of their emotions. Right. Okay. I didn't, I didn't talk about it like that because I didn't even know what manifestation was when I was a kid, but I knew that he's not chewing up the house mom because, or she, my first dog was Shotzi that I found. She's not chewing up the house because she's being bad. She's not used to being alone. It's probably why she ran away. Right. So it's something that you just connected with on a different level than most yeah. people. Yeah. So um, now, is it true that you have an app called the dog decoder? Yes. I started about seven years, eight, seven years ago now. Could you tell our listeners what exactly that is? Yeah. Um, it's, it teaches you about all the body parts that uh, dogs use to talk. So you, it, they may, if they're showing signs of aggression, there's signs way before the actual bite or even growl or even lunge. There's, maybe a lip lick or a stiff body or kind of hovering or a direct stare or an indirect stare, um, uh, a yawn. And, you know, those, all those things are so subtle and people don't connect the dots. And so when they say, oh, he just bit out of the blue. No, there were definitely signs there. And if they do bite without those signs, then they have probably been corrected yelled at, hurt something to make them go from I'm upset to biting you without going through all the signs to tell you that I'm upset. Yeah. A, a lot of times a dog will try and move away from a situation. Very good, Sherry. The first sign is they look away. Even if they don't move away, they look away. That's the first sign of, of anxiety or stress. Right. And many times I can, I've witnessed it myself where I see owners pulling their dogs in and saying, you know, um, say hello or, or forcing that interaction, which again, causes fear, could cause aggression, could cause all these other emotions coming out in the dog. Mm -hmm. And they're just missing those body signals. They're missing what the dog is telling them. Right. Let's say uh, my doorbell rings and rah, 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 at the front door. Is that something that they're trying to communicate? Like, um, I don't want anybody in the house. I'm territorial. I'm scared. I'm like, is there is there something there that lies that is underlying to cause these behaviors to come out? Well, in that example, dogs are, you know, they alert us. So they just hear a noise and their hearing is much better than ours. They hear a noise and they, you know, at early on, they associate that knock on the door, that doorbell, that somebody's there. So nine out of 10 times, there's no anxiety. There's, there's nothing behind the bark other than it's just an alert. Someone's here. Okay. So now I've invited these people into my house, but now my dog's tail is in between their legs. They're backing up. They're growling. Their hackles are up. They're mm -hmm. trying to look big. They're circling. Mm -hmm. Now, that is all a behavior that they are trying to express an emotion. Is that correct? Right. And that emotion would, in what you've just described, would be fear. Okay. If their their tail is tucked and their body is rounded. So we when we look at the dog's body language, we're not looking at one part talking. We're looking at all the parts talking. And then we're looking at the context. Right. So all these body parts, you know, I, I recognize, uh, you know, tail tucked is fear. 
but is it on a scale of one to 10, so such big fear that it's going to bite somebody or is it lack of socialization and the body's wiggling, but the tail is stuck between its leg, but it's lip licking and it's crawling towards the person on a scale of one to 10, that would be a one. And so how we deal with looking at the body parts and what is happening is looking at the context and continuing to watch the body language and if if you if people pay attention to that then they'll know exactly what they need to do at any given moment and there's that the big if if they pay attention you know it's it's funny if, you know um i'm in film and television and you know um uh, i've got one dog in particular and he he loves going to work and stuff and you know if they take too long setting up a shot he all of a sudden he he'll like go and lay in a corner or something like and huff and puff or you know <laughs> he'll be sitting up there and he'll turn his head completely to the opposite direction like he's just disgusted that it's taking uh-huh. this long right <laughs> yeah. and and it's really funny because people are like oh what's wrong i'm like he's he's mad he's getting frustrated because yeah. you're taking too long yeah. and then and then it's not fun. So, you know, it, it's really funny. He is the biggest character. <laughs> He's made me work. Let me put it that way. Anyways, and it's like, okay, we're going to have some fun. And then I got to get him down. We got to do some tricks. I got to wrestle with him. And, you yeah. know, we got to bark. We got to, and he's got to do something meaningful. And then I'm like, okay, let's go. They're ready. And he's like, <laughs> okay, I'm back. Uh, and then he's all excited to go back to work. You know what I mean? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for knowing your dog. Yeah, it, it's it, it really is, you know, and people just think, uh, you know, I've had people say, oh, they're deaf or oh, they're ignoring me. I'm like, no, it's be more fun, be more engaging. Yeah. You know, it, it, you got to it's a partnership. Having a dog is a partnership. a partnership. And this micromanaging and controlling and that I see with so many trainers, just, you know, you know, using the operant conditioning in, in a way that is so detrimental to dogs, you know, it's, if your dog is jumping on people and you ask it to sit, you're not dealing with the emotion. You're just shutting down the excitement or fear or, you know, whatever it is by asking for a sit. And it's not going to solve the problem because the next person that comes over, is going to jump on them too. And you're going to say sit again. Right. So if we're not listening and we're, and we're not helping them, then we're doing them a disservice. And what you're what you just described in understanding your dog you, you know it's like your your dog immediately get got oh it's going to take forever so he even knows he or she even knows that it is it a boy or a girl it's a boy yeah that if he goes and sits in a corner and just goes like that he knows because of his past experiences with you that you're going to get it and help him come right back so he may do that even sooner you know sometimes than than he would normally get bored because he knows that you're going to get goofy with him and that's really all he's looking for if a dog is looking out a window and barking their heads off uh you know people go and they acknowledge it they discipline it they you know they're like ah same with that a door if a dog is um sitting chewing on something that they shouldn't be chewing on you run in you acknowledge it you discipline it you you're you're freaking out at the dog but when the dog is just sitting there looking out the window and watching people and not barking or doing anything nobody acknowledges it I know. When a dog is lying down being good and just lying watching TV or hanging out 
nobody, people will step over or around that dog and they don't acknowledge what a good boy lie down and say, what a yeah. nice dog look out the window. Yeah. They, what they tend to do is humans tend to gravitate to all the negativity and not just the, Hey, I'm just chilling out being a good dog. Yeah. It's it's true, and they they real if if they can only realize that if they spent more time setting the dog up to win and acknowledging appropriate behavior, they would be the household would be so much less anxious. They would be less anxious. The dog would be less anxious, and they're not screaming all the time. The dog or the owner, <laughs> you know. Again, I'm going to bring it up again that the dog decoder app you can get on. Apple App Store, you can get on Google Play, and it's something that every dog owner should actually download and take a look at and, and actually try and compare and learn about animal behavior, animal body language. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And there's quizzes at the end, and kids love to play the quizzes, so it helps the family learn. Um, yeah. And then the Dog Decoder um, website has a ton of blogs on it that I've written. So there's lots of information. Yeah. Well, before we say goodbye, Jill, I'm going to let you um, take the take control of the floor here and say whatever you'd like to our listeners. And um, and then again, we're going to make sure that everybody listening is going to get on that dog decoder app and take a look at it and hopefully have a better relationship with their pets. Oh, good. Thank you so much. Um, what I really want to get across, I feel, is that um, when we think of a dog as being an emotional being, that their behaviors are a direct result of how they're feeling, just like us. If I'm in a crappy mood, I'm not going to learn a lot. I don't have the capacity to learn. If I'm in, if I'm tired, I don't have the capacity to learn. If you have an Australian Shepherd or a Border Collie, does that mean, mean you need to wipe them out and keep them active 24-7? Otherwise, they're not going to sleep? No. If it's a sensitive breed, rest is important, as important as exercise. Um, so really just thinking about when your dog is doing something that you don't like, don't think of it as a bad behavior. Think of it as an emotion expressed and how can you help offer them relief? Those are some great words of wisdom. Again, Jill, thank you so very much for being with us on How to Dog. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again. Thank you so much, Sherry. Jill Breitner is a trainer and the creator of the Dog Decoder app. You can find her online at dogdecoder.com. In a minute, I'm going to share with you one of my stories about miscommunication and how I didn't understand what the dog was barking about. That's coming up in just a few seconds. So um, one thing I really like to do is I like I teach them the command catch and throw them a cookie. Well, I had all the dogs lined up and I was doing this and I was, you know, give me a foot, give me a paw, lie down, roll over, whatever I was telling them all to do. And I was throwing cookies and I walked away and all of a sudden I hear this funny bark, like a, like a, and I'm like, 
what was that? And I, I, I actually didn't even understand the bark. It wasn't a bark I was used to, and it didn't sound like any of my dogs. And, and then I heard it again and again and again. So finally, I went back out into the hall, and sure enough, there's one of my dogs sitting and making this really weird noise, like this little barking kind of like just this and I thought what are you doing anyways I thought oh you know what the cookie it must be under the the credenza and I'm like there's no cookie under the credenza don't I pull out the credenza and there's a bearded dragon like a foot long bearded dragon hanging on the back of the credenza and just staring at me and I'm like oh hello and so the whole time I thought it was she wanted another cookie. The cookie was lost, whatever. Yeah. So I learned very quickly to pay attention to those barks. Hi there. Um, my name's Nadia, and I have a question about my dog who barks all the time. Um, I wanted to know how I can get her to bark a little bit less. Um, but also maybe if you can tell me if her bark means different things. Thanks. Bye. My next guest is the author of Puppies for Dummies and is a longtime dog trainer, behavior consultant, and an expert in dog communication. Sarah Hodgson is going to help us translate some of our dog's barks and what they're trying to get us to understand. Hey, Sarah, how are you? I'm good, Sherry. Thank you for having me. I have been loving dogs and cats and pets and kids and families for the past 35 years. I am certified uh, with the IAABC as an associate dog behavior consultant. But first and foremost, you know, I just love dogs and pets and I want to help people understand them better so we can all relax and, and have a good time. A lot of people get really annoyed with dogs when they bark. And I can understand there's dogs that bark and people are like, it, just for no reason, the dog looks out the window. There's nothing there, but they're barking. Maybe you can help us out. What, what should we stop these dogs from barking? Or is there a proper time to stop a dog from barking? The first thing I like to do is say, well, what are they saying? Why are they barking? Are they scared? Are they frustrated? Are they, do they think they're your border patrol? Do they think they're in charge of protecting the den? So once we start to uncode, well, why is the dog barking? Then we can take measures to validate and to redirect or to condition or to find ways to self-soothe their frustration or to reassure them if they're barking because they're afraid. How can people redirect or, or, or try and control this? Because I think the manhandling eggs it on. It, it, it actually makes it worse in a lot of cases. I have a couple of things I want to say to that and then um, lead into kind of what to do. And it's, it's what I call the action-reaction continuum. It's a way of understanding and then modifying what you're doing. If a behavior, if an action leads to a similar reaction from you, so your dog 
goes from zero to 60 barking because somebody's at the door or they see somebody on the street or they hear something. They go zero to 60, they're barking. And your reaction is to manhandle them, to pull the leash, to shout at them. Your reaction is actually reinforcing their reaction. So it will continue. The action, reaction, continuum. Right. Then we get into, okay, what is barking? Boil down. It's a hyper arousal to an unpredicted situation or stimulus. Okay, so what do we do? Like, how do we manage barking? The number one thing I tell people to do is relax. If you want your dog to relax, you've got to model what that looks like. I have this game I call Scurry Scurry. And again, I teach it when I'm not walking. I'm just, my dog's not triggered. And scurry, scurry just means we're going really fast. Scurry, scurry. So if I have <laughs> a dog that gets triggered, as many dogs do, when a leash reactive dog stares or barks at them, I just say to my dogs, oh, scurry, scurry. Like that dog's crazy. Let's just run by. I don't look at the dog. I don't look at, my dogs think scurry, scurry. That dog's crazy. I want to stay with mommy. Then I have bump it where they just bump my hand. I just hold my hand out in a fist and I throw treats down. So now I have all these games to play to shift their focus into our bond, into our special connection versus me turning into like zombie monster mommy every time they bark. The way to stop it is not just to throw food in their face. It, you know, it, it's associating food with a behavior or a game that will alternately um, redirect that dog's aggression, anxiety, fear into a happy place that you have already uh, developed with the dog. Staring is one of the worst things that people do when their dogs are hyper aroused. So you and I know dogs only stare if they're inviting um, rough play, like, you know, staring in a play bow and that kind of activity. And the only other reason dogs stare is through confrontation. So when I see people and their dogs, you know, on the leash getting crazy and they're jumping in front of the dog and now they're stringing the dog up and they're pointing to their eyes, telling their dogs to look at them. That's really the worst thing you can do when your dog is hyper aroused. Um, it's really understanding the, the way your dog perceives your interactions and working to that end. I see so many times dogs are barking and people are, are paying their dogs. They, they just keep giving them treats and treats. And then the dog goes back to barking and they're like, it's okay, good girl. And they give it a treat. And I'm like, you realize you're rewarding the bark. Exactly. When their dog hyper arouses, that's when they plug into the dog. Dog might be barking or chewing or whatever it is. When they're hyper aroused, if you jump in in that exact moment, and look at me, look at me, look at me. Oh my God, that makes me crazy. And they're treating the dog and the dog's like darting around them and under them and not looking and oh my God, it's crazy. You're reinforcing exactly what you're saying. You're reinforcing their arousal, their barking state, rather than doing things to calm them down first, shift the gear and get them, then you pay attention to them. And uh, okay, so at the end of the day, we still have to deal with the bark. But I think here what our listeners have to understand is that when we are dealing with the bark, it's not the time to try and teach uh, a, a stop behavior or a redirect behavior. I, I, I love your fist pump, like your, 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 
bump yeah. it. Um, it. It's easy. And, and it's something that you have with you at all times. Like if you're out on a leash walk or whatever, you, you have your fist and you can use that command, which is amazing. If you teach it in a quiet environment and you do it in a fun way and you do it in a teaching in a teaching environment instead of an arousal or instead of when the dog is in that hyper state anyways, then the dog already understands what that bump means. You're like, your dog is a simple loving creature. Even if it's an assertive animal, like assertive breed, a strong breed, protective breed, they still are a loving, simple, predictable animal and staying calm is hard but it's the most important thing if you want to resolve any sort of barking because you always want to let your dog know i got this i got this well i think a lot of times people don't understand that they need to show their dog that they're in control it's okay you don't have to be like that i've got control of the situation chill out relax and, and, you know, you do end up with a far happier dog, uh, a relaxed dog, because the dog is more so like, finally, you get it, buddy. You can, you take control. I don't have to keep watching your back 24 seven. I gave someone an example, and this is a true example. So I teach class in Greenwich and, um, in Westchester, uh, and I bring often bring my dogs to class and I have, um, a little puppy Havanese. And uh, it was the end of the day, last class, and I picked her up and she growled. And the whole class looked at me and I just put her, I just put her on her mat. I put a little treat, said stay, I tethered her up. And I said, now, does anybody know why she just growled at me? And everybody loves this dog, her name is Peekaboo. And she's not growly at all. I didn't respond at all, I didn't do anything, just put her on her mat. And the class was just, completely like deer in the headlights. And I said, well, let's see, she's been here since 8.30, it's now five o'clock, she's overtired, she's um, just hasn't had her dinner yet. Um, I This dog has been jumping on her. I picked her up, she didn't know who I was. Like I, I just picked her up out of the dog's, like it was Play just- time, yeah. Big time. And she growled at me. But if I yell at her, what does that do to our relationship? Like I have to validate what what's happening to her in the moment and run through everything she's experiencing. So I have really good dogs, but I'm telling you, if I walk by uh, I don't know, this spotted dog and it's like it it pees on our fence line and it's barks at my dogs all the time. If we walk by it, my very well leash trained dogs are going to be agitated. Their fur is going to uh, stand up, pile erection. And I'm not going to blame them. I'm just going to say scurry, scurry, and we're going to whip it by that dog. And then I'll praise them when they go by, right? Because right. every dog, like you said, has a, a point, has a, a line in the sand, has a boiling point. And that's okay. Know it. Love your dog as a being they are. Think of barking as a way that they're communicating in and to the world around them. And then find ways, find ways to redirect them calmly or to restructure the environment so that they are less stressed and more happy. And then you'll both be more happy, period. Amazing. Thank you so much, Sarah. Okay. Bye-bye.
Sarah Hodgson is a dog trainer, author of the best-selling book, Puppies for Dummies, and an expert in canine communication. You can find her online at sarahsayspets.com. I'm Sherry Davis, Canada's Dog Master, and you're listening to How to Dog, the podcast that answers all your canine questions. I've learned a lot from Sarah and Jill, and I hope you have too. It's really important that we, as owners, make the effort to try and decode what our dogs are trying to convey with all the barking and the body language. Nobody wants to be misunderstood, even dogs. In the meantime, don't forget to give us a good review and please call us at 1-833-HOW-TO-DOG with your burning canine questions. Next week, we're going to learn about dogs that fight crime. Thanks to this caller. Hey, I was just wondering, what kind of cool or interesting jobs are there for dogs? And like, do they get paid? Love to know more about dog jobs. Thanks. How to Dog is hosted by Sherry Davis, produced by Davin Langill, Carrie Hayden, and Adam Killick. Editing and mixing by Adam Killick. Research by Nicole Saltz. How to Dog is a Shaftesbury podcast and part of the Frequency Podcast Network. You can find more great shows at FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com. Copyright 2021, Shaftesbury.